Go. Hi everyone. As the excitement builds for the 2024 election, American citizens have many pressing issues on their minds. Topics like abortion, gun control, LGBTQ rights are sparkling heated debates. But among these critical issues, the most recent economic downturn stands out as the primary concern for most Americans. In our exclusive interview with Rick Newman, a distinguished expert from Yahoo Finance, we delved into the economic landscape under the Biden administration and how it might impact the upcoming race to the White House in 2024. I sat down with Ankur, who interviewed Rick Newman, to discuss what the experts are saying about the current economy of the United States. I am Mugdha Goyal, and you are listening to the News Park. I'm good. How are you? I'm good as well. It looks like the red and blue supporters are getting ready for the upcoming election. Yes, they are. And you just had an interview with Rick Newman. Yes. So how are you feeling? Uh, good. Uh, Rick Newman, of course, is a senior columnist from Yahoo Finance and he knows in and out of yes. uh, Bidenomics. And, you know, as a senior uh, columnist, he, he he's a prominent voice in the field of economy and, you know, people reach out to him for providing analysis and absolutely he's known for his works in economics and finance so you know he's the best person to speak on Bidenomics right and it was a very insightful interview we uh, discussed wide varieties of topics right from election to the candidate list and from the Republican side yes absolutely yeah. did you learn anything from him do you feel like he changed your mind or something well uh, you know what for that let's look at the interview first and then we can talk about the topics and if he was able to change my mind. Absolutely. Why wait? Let's get straight to the interview. Yes. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rick Newman, for your time and agreeing to come on our show. It's uh, so exciting to uh, have you here. Uh, we know that you're a senior columnist at Yahoo Finance and you've been a contributor to CNN and uh, C uh, CBS, Wall Street, and you've written four books and you've... Uh, received many journalistic awards. So I think it's safe to say that you know in and out of the US economy. Is that correct? I make the cut. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, based on your experience, uh, you've, you've seen economy under multiple pre presidents. How would you judge the current state of US economy under President Biden? Uh, it's an unusual economy because of the COVID pandemic. So uh, by most of the normal ways you measure the economy, the Biden economy is good, especially if you look at the uh, the labor market data. I mean, the unemployment rate is extremely low. Biden is correct when he says that the U.S. economy has added, uh, I think it's more than 13 million jobs uh, since he took office. And mm -hmm. uh, that is that is the most of any president um, in modern U.S. history and possibly ever at the same point in his presidency. So all of that is good, but there are these weird problems that um, are, are um, making Americans feel kind of bummed out. Inflation is the biggest one, um, obviously. So uh, inflation peaked in the United States last June at around 9% on a year-over-year -year basis. And it's now down to 3% on a year-over-year -year basis. 3% inflation on its own is not really a big deal. But the problem with inflation at 3% now 
is all the price increases of the last two years are still there. So it's not as if um, prices for most things have been declining. They've just been rising at a uh, at a at a smaller rate. And meanwhile, real incomes um, were negative for most of the last two years. Real incomes have been negative, which means inflation has been going up by more uh, than um, incomes have been going up. So ordinary people have been losing ground. Their their paycheck actually has been buying less. Now that that trend has now turned around during the last couple of months. Real incomes are now positive, but um, not by enough that the typical uh, consumer here in the United States really notices. So um, consumer confidence has has uh, has been oddly low. I mean, when you look at consumer confidence in the United States, it's at recessionary levels. Um, if you if you look back in history, yeah. how can you have a, how can people be so bummed out? when the unemployment rate is below 4% and we're creating record numbers of jobs. And I think the answer has to do with inflation and with all the strange disruptions to the economy that happened during the COVID pandemic, which have not yet been ironed out. Right. So Mr. Newman, you touched upon various topics here. So let's dissect a little bit about it. Uh, so you to, uh, you discussed about the jobs that Biden administration has created, but there are a record number of jobs. But what do you want to say about the quality of jobs? Because there have been uh, discussions, there have been polls that, uh, that people are not happy with the quality of job. As you mentioned, they are not earning enough to uh, you know, uh, meet the bar. They are not saving enough so that they can survive in this tough economy. So uh, what do you want to say about that? Well, I want to go back to the way you framed the question, uh, for starters, um, when you said Biden has created 13 million jobs. Biden has not created 13 million jobs. Um, No U.S. president creates jobs. (laughs) The economy creates the jobs and then uh, voters decide whether the president should get credit for for those jobs or not. Um, I I, I think what you just described is not a problem unique to the Biden administration. Um, This is a problem that has been developing in the United States very, very slowly for probably 40 to 50 years. And it's it's the hollowing out of the middle of the economy. Um, and that used to be uh, manufacturing jobs uh, where you didn't need a college education uh, to get a good paying job on which you could su- support a family. Um, those jobs have been going away for, for a long time. Um, and Biden is actually the first president who is trying and perhaps actually doing something about that. So some of the legislation that uh, Democrats passed when uh, they had control of Congress and that Biden signed during the last two years is uh, we are seeing the data that it is generating a boom in factory construction here in the United States. Now, most of those factories are not yet open, but um, they are being built because private companies, private sector companies are deciding we're going to take advantage of the tax breaks or other incentives that has been in this legislation to build these factories. A lot of it is technology, semiconductors, for example. Right. We're, we're seeing a Uh, a huge boom in um, uh, factories related to batteries for electric vehicles and other components for electric vehicles. So in theory, those um, those factories will uh, soon be hiring um, a lot of blue collar workers and paying them pretty well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some some of the there are some conditions for some of these um, government incentives, such as you have to hire union workers, which means they'll be getting paid more. Um, so that could move the needle in terms of these um, good paying jobs. But I, th- there's a, so much churn in the job market, in the economy on an ongoing basis. I, I don't know if, you know, those factory jobs that Biden is 
uh, trying to establish. Are, are those going to change? Is that going to change the mind of American voters? And they're going to say, oh, we finally had a president who um, boosted manufacturing employment by 5% or created, you know, an extra 500,000 or 1 million manufacturing jobs. I don't think so. I mm-hmm. think there, uh, I, I think there's so much churn in the labor labor market that this is going to be a problem for a, a long time, and I don't think any president uh, on on his or her own will have sort of a single uh, solution. Got it. Uh, you mentioned about uh, you know the quality of jobs, of course, and how much uh, the, this administration is doing to make sure that they have enough jobs and the quality of jobs increases. But as you mentioned in between uh, when you were replying, Biden is not getting the credit probably for what he's doing. Uh, why is that? Because there have been polls and stats constantly from various platforms that, you know, people are still not happy. People don't think that Biden is doing enough. But uh, if you look at the policy in details, he did a lot of things. But again, he's not getting the credit for that. Why is that? It could be a couple of things. And the, the way that I measure this is... Um, so there, as inflation was going up in the United States, President Biden's approval rating was going down. Yeah. Um, now, now you, you can't just say one thing directly caused the other, but but there's a clear correlation there. Um, now that the inflation rate has been coming down, um, Biden's approval rating has not been going back up. So uh, as inflation, the, the, as the rate of inflation has been coming down, uh, nobody has been saying, oh, good, Biden is getting this. Uh, problem under control. We're starting to feel better about him. They're not. They're not feeling better about him in the United States. Um, I, I think it could be a couple of reasons. Um, number one, voters are concerned about Joe Biden's age, um, and I almost feel like he would be more popular if he were to say he's not running for a second term. Um, mm-hmm. Then he that would allow him to say, you know, I came in for all the people who wanted wanted me to transition away away from the chaos of the Trump government. I did it. Mission accomplished. Now I'm going to hand it off to uh, to some younger Democrats. And if if he were to take that approach, I think I think people would applaud. And I think his his approval rating would actually go up. He's not doing that. He's he looks like right now he looks like a traditional uh, politician who kind of an egomaniac. He he doesn't want to step down. And let's go back to inflation. I I, I think we 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 have forgotten how corrosive inflation really can be and how this freaks people out. Um, We have not had meaningful inflation in the United States before now uh, since the early 1980s, which means, you know, two generations ago. So there were many American voters who weren't even born or don't even remember uh, inflation from the Jimmy Carter years and the early Ronald Reagan years and what it took to get that. And they're seeing uh, the price, you know, rents are go- are going up by double digits. Food prices were going up by double digits for a while. Uh, gasoline prices for us hit $5 per gallon. That's like a disaster for our drivers in America. And they're back down now. But people have seen this and they just freak out. They just they just think something's terribly wrong. And the fact that prices are moderating is not really making people feel better yet. I think if prices were to actually start declining and instead of uh, disinflation, which is just a lower rate of inflation. If we actually had deflation, uh, in other words, falling prices in ways that people could see, that that would be something that would start to make them feel better about Biden. But I'm not sure. So his approval rating now is uh, around the 40, 41 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure it's going to go much higher than that, even um, even as he's running for president. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, there have been uh, talks about raising uh, like rising prices for 
uh, food and gas. One other thing that is part of it is the housing. So uh, American people are no longer able to afford even the high income. When I say high income, I'm saying like 90, 100K uh, thousand a year. Uh, they are not able to afford housing. And uh, people are saying, uh, I've been personally, I've been talking to some of my friends who earn a lot of money in the Bay Area, and they are not uh, able to, you know, uh, save up money for their down payment. Uh, what do you think? Where Where is this housing crisis heading to? Because if this continues, people are not going to be able uh, to afford housing and it's going to be a, another crisis altogether. People already can't afford housing. Mm -hmm. um, so to some extent, this is a COVID related problem. Um, but the, the problem here is there is not enough housing in the United States um, mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, one of the problems right now is that because interest rates got so low uh, in the, you know, right in the middle of the COVID um, pandemic because the Federal Reserve cut interest rates so low and because what was going on in markets pushed mortgage rates so low, just about anybody who owns a home here in the United States and has a mortgage uh, refinanced at an unbelievably low interest rate. And I was one of them. I mean, I have I have a mortgage at um, barely a 3% interest rate. I can't believe it. Like that is the deal of the century. So yeah. if you were a homeowner and you were able to refinance, you saved a lot of money. I mean, that your living costs went down substantially. And all those people, there's no way they're going to sell their home and give up that deal um, unless they have to for lifestyle reasons. And of course, there always are people who, you know, need to relocate or downsize or something. So but one, the biggest problem in the U.S. housing market now is that people who own homes just don't want to sell them. So we're seeing like the lowest rates of existing home sales in a long, long time. I, I don't have my uh, brain around all that data, but there just are not enough existing homes for sale. And then with regard to making new homes, the problem here is not the federal government. It's it's this is a local problem. So uh, there's not enough land available. It's hard to get permitting uh, to build new homes. Uh, nobody wants once, you know, a neighborhood is settled. Nobody wants, uh, the, you know, somebody to build a high rise in the neighborhood. There's all kinds of opposition. And the problem here is it's just it's it's mostly local. So um, in, in some of this legislation um, Biden signed during the last two years, there are some incentives for uh, for states and mostly for cities, uh, local governments to um, create more housing supply. And if, if you create more housing supply, however you do it, ease up, ease up on the permitting or whatever it takes, then you're going to get you'll qualify for some grants, uh, some federal money. That, that money is just now starting to flow out. It, it's not clear whether that plan is going to work or not. Um, the, there it does not seem to be any quick fix coming for this um, this housing problem in the United States. And I think this is going to be devil Biden for the rest of his term and probably the next president and maybe the president after that. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned about, uh, you know, the policies or the actions that Biden administration is taking uh, to curb this housing crisis. And what the, what are the problems uh, that they are facing? This is the Democratic perspective. Now look at what Donald Trump or the Republicans are doing. So Donald Trump has been always been uh, you know uh, famous for his one-liners, uh, <laughs> be it lock her up or build a wall. Instead of showcasing the policy, he gained popularity by giving those one-liners. Right uh, on 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 the opposite side, when Hillary Clinton was running against him, she always discussed about her policy, but she didn't get as much footage. Uh, as he did. And this time it's happening again. 
if you if you look at it, he's mentioning those freedom cities that he's going to build on federal land. Uh, why is he able to say such things if if it's not uh, you're saying uh, easily attainable? But then this gives him a lot of uh, publicity, and then people think that okay, you know, he is doing that. Biden administration is not thinking about that. He has an idea. Let's vote for him. Uh, what do you want to say about that? Um, D- Donald Trump is a unique phenomenon. And um, I mean, I think he's an absolutely horrible politician. Um, when he was president, um, he just, you know, in my area, which is economics, he just lied constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like uh, like many other uh, journalists here who write who follow the economy, I was just every week I was writing here Trump's latest lies on the economy. And there there for whatever reason. This is, you know, this is the kooky part of America. And I and I know that people in Canada and Europe look at the United States and wonder what is wrong with that country? Well, some of us in the United States look at our own country and say, what is wrong with that country, too? But uh, what what however this works, Donald Trump has figured out that there is some core group of Americans that we we call the Trump base here that they don't really care about his policies. Uh, they, they're, they're just not interested. And they, they, these are people, to generalize, um, who basically feel like the system doesn't work for them, um, that, that the politicians are all on the take, that there's a game, that they're, and they're on the outside of this game. And they like Trump because he just wants to blow everything up. Um, so uh, for, you know, for people who feel that the system has just failed them, uh, and, and there are, you know, the system has failed a lot of people. So Trump, uh, the, the sort of um, sick genius of Trump is that he tapped into legitimate grievances among many Americans who just feel left behind by technology, by the way the culture is going uh, and, and, and other modern trends that they just they don't identify with or keep up with. And he those people support Donald Trump no matter what. They don't care if he um, if he gets charged with crimes. They probably won't care if he ends up getting convicted and going to jail. Uh, they will just say, see, that's more par- part of the way that the system is rigged against us. And, and Trump, uh, he is a marketing genius and he has figured out how to keep those people fired up and loyal. And importantly, they, they keep sending him money. They keep sending Good. donations to his various uh, political action committees. And he's using some of that money for le- to pay for his legal defenses now. So. Um, it, for, for, for you to ask about some Trump policies, I mean, we could get into the Trump policies, whatever they are. His voters don't care about those policies. Right. They care about his willingness to j- just blow up the system and to attack everybody who they identify with the system. Th- there aren't enough of those Trump voters to for him to win in a general election. We saw that in 2020. And there and, you know, more people who might have thought about casting a vote uh, for Trump are now completely turned off because of what happened in uh, with the riots at the U.S. Capitol in January 6, 2021. And now all the criminal charges against Trump. So most people don't think he could win in a general election unless his opponent is absolutely terrible. And that's why people worry about uh, Democrats, at least worry about Joe Biden. Um, who could end up with a health crisis or health problem or something like that and look even more feeble than some people think he is now. Right. And don't you think that we have seen this movie before in 2016 where, you know, he was he wanted to blow up things and then people were charged up to vote uh, for him. And then we are seeing the story again and again. Uh, People have experienced his administration. They know what has happened. 
but still uh, there's no cultural shift if i may say because again there are all those top topics that we discuss in cultures uh, whether it's uh, you know lgbtq rights whether it's abortion uh, or whether it's gun control whenever you ask some american who they identify more with whether it's a democrat or a republican they always look at these top topics they forget about the economy they forget about healthcare but all these uh, you know i don't want to say frivolous but like topics which probably no, do not affect them to a large extent they look at this and then uh, you know uh, align themselves with uh, the policy of that particular party uh, do you think that this this cultural shift uh, is right for uh, the country and where are the people of uh, us heading in that uh, i mean if if you look at that so that's a lot of questions um and i'll i'll try to um sort of break this down in the simplest way I can. Mm -hmm. um, Trump surfaced a lot of um, a lot of dissatisfaction among the U.S. population in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, he has done the whole country a service because he proved that the grievances that people feel about being left behind in modern society, in a modern technology driven economy, and some and, and some of those cultural changes that you talked about, he proved that uh, that is a potent political force. And the lesson there is that politicians need to listen to those people. Um, now that doesn't mean you're going to come along and convert all these Trump supporters into Biden supporters or who, who whatever the next generation of candidates are. But those grievances those people have are for the most part legitimate. We're talking about all the manufacturing jobs that have left the United States, all the towns in the uh, in the Midwest that have been hollowed out because the job, the factories have gone and the jobs have gone. So I, I don't see what's happening now as a repeat of 2020, uh, 2016. Uh, I, I what I the way I see this is this is a this is messy progress. So we are understanding I think at a deeper level, many of the uh, problems in the United States that are um, really buried deep, uh, those have come to the surface. Um, remember, Biden beat Trump in 2020, and that was before some of the things that uh, have turned more mainstream people even further against Trump. So we did not see a, a repeat of 2016 in 2020. We saw somebody come along and beat Trump. And I would argue Biden wasn't even that strong a candidate in 2020, and he still beat Trump. Um, and then um, what you're also seeing more, not enough, in my opinion, but more opposition to Trump from within the Republican Party. Um, so a lot of mainstream Republicans hate Trump, but they know they cannot just come out and say that because their own constituents will punish them. So the way I think of 2024 with regard to Donald Trump is I think this is Donald Trump's last gasp. Um, I think after 2024, assuming he does not win, I think he will be done as a political candidate. I think Trumpism will carry on because a lot of other Republicans, such as Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, um, he wants those Trump voters. So he wants to be the heir to Trump. Um, and so he is Trumpy. But he's trying to say, look, I'm younger, I'm a new generation, I'm a governor, I have executive experience, and I'm going to fight against the system the way Donald Trump did. That's basically how he's trying to peel off voters. So 
I think my, my view is I think Biden is a uh, a weak candidate in 2024, mainly because of his age and questions about his, um, you know, how healthy and how stable he is. Um, but he does have the power of incumbency. And I think if we do end up with Biden versus Trump, re- remember, Biden, Biden could have health issues. Um, you know, the odds of him having some health issue that disrupts the 2024 campaign. Trump is not that younger either, right? Trump, Trump is not that younger uh, than uh, Joe Biden. But no, Trump is all, Trump is only a couple of years younger right, than so Biden. Why there is always question about Biden's age? No one's talking about Trump's age. Uh, well, a lot of people, I think people do talk about Trump's age, and they also talk about Trump's sanity. Uh, <laughs> you true. know, so I mean, if I mean, this gets into the mannerisms of each candidate, right? So mm-hmm. Biden, um, Biden. I mean, in, in my opinion, Biden does look frail sometimes. Um, he does mumble. He does uh, stumble over words. And a lot of this, you know, Biden has been a so-called gaffe machine for decades. Um, and when he, you know, when he was 45 or 50, um, I mean, people, you know, I think we didn't know as much that he's, you know, he has stuttered. He has had a lifelong problem with stuttering. Yeah. Um, so cut him some slack for that. But when you see, you know, the five or 10 second clip of Biden mangling, um, you know, some explanation for something uh, that I mean, that that gets through to voters. And I think combine his 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 lifelong habit of, um, you know, misspeaking with his age. And that is that is an image problem for Biden. Um, Trump just has, you know, Trump just he represents himself differently he, I don't think he seems as old. He he doesn't seem any healthier than uh, Biden to me. I mean, he's uh, he's overweight. Um, he he off, but Trump often doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. He pretends he does. But I go back to his base. The Trump base doesn't care. They don't care if he understands policies. Uh, they want him to give the finger to the establishment, and Trump never disappoints them. And do you think that media has a lot of uh, role in that, how they project their candidates? Of course, the media in U.S. is divided to a large extent, right? I mean, uh, there's uh, Fox News and there's CNN, opposite polls, uh, and each is pushing their own agenda. Uh, this media is playing, this media division is playing a lot of, uh, you know, it's it's a crucial, they're playing a crucial role in this upcoming election. Uh, what do you want to say about that? Pe- people are either aligned with one, uh, they're, they're getting their news from one source, or they're listening to uh, like uh, the other uh, the other source and then disregarding uh, facts completely. So what do you want to say about that? The media is always important in um, in any election and not just here in the United States. I mean, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of, of the media maelstrom here in the United States. And yes, um, we have what you might call partisan um, media. But in this this is the way I think about what's going to happen in the 24, 2024 election. And it's the same as what happened in the 2020 election. So people who want to watch Fox News or want to watch uh, whatever they think the Democratic um, version of Fox News is, they've already, excuse me, they've already made up their mind that their votes are their votes are not up for grabs. Um, what happened in 2020 and is going to happen in 2024 is that um, this election, whoever wins this election, is going to uh, come down to a uh, a really small portion of what you would call independent voters or swing voters who have not made up their minds. 
Um, in 2020, um, there were three states that uh, Biden won by less than 1% of the vote. And that is why he won because of those three states, because of 1% of voters in just three states. Um, and it's going to be like that again. So the election is going to swing on people who are not um, diehard Republicans or diehard Democrats. They might not be registered with either party um, and they might not make up their mind until the last week of the election. So um, those are I think those are, tend to be more thoughtful people who are not automatically on one side or the other. They don't necessarily want to hear or buy the propaganda from the parties. Um, and those are the ones who are going to be looking for real information. The U.S. Um, media, you, if you are a regular person and you want to find out what's going on for real, you can do it. I mean, the information is there. You have to work at it. Um, yeah, that's part of what I try to do as a, a columnist at Yahoo Finance is um, help people find real information, not garbage, not fake news that they can use to make, make up their minds and make decisions. That information is there. You just Biden have, makes you it have amazing. Work, you have to work for it a little bit. Um, uh, you know, you have to work at educating and informing yourself, but it's there. So to some extent, this, the bur there is a burden on ordinary people to, um, to consume uh, a news product that has a high level of quality. Mm -hmm. uh, upcoming 2024 elections, we know that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee uh, from Democratic side. I mean, of course, there are some challenges, but everyone knows that he's going to be the uh, nominee from DNC side. And what about the Republican candidates? Uh, who do you think, apart from Trump, uh, would be someone to watch out for, probably? I scratch my head on that. Um, and it is uh, so Trump is leading in the polls by a lot. Um, it's not close. This, the second um, uh, person in the polls is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, um, George Will is a columnist for the Washington Post, and he wrote an interesting um, piece recently saying it's not going to be Trump and it's not going to be DeSantis either. But he didn't say who, who it was going to be. He just, gave the, he just gave the reasons why both of these two guys were likely to implode. Um, you know, I, I don't know who the candidate to watch is here. There's Senator Tim Scott from um, from South Carolina. He's uh, he sort of has that he's very conservative, but he has this upbeat persona. He's like Mr. Optimism, Mr. Sunshine. Um, so maybe he could he could gain some traction. Uh, then you get to a lot of other candidates. I mean, I, I don't see Nikki Haley breaking through. I don't see Chris Christie breaking through. Um, it's going to be really interesting. And just to add one more uh, fascinating factor to what's going to happen on the Republican side, um, Trump's trial uh, under criminal charges for the misuse of classified documents is now scheduled for May of 2024, right. which is right at the end of the primary campaigns, but before the nominate the Republicans nominating convention when they will um, when they will formally decide who, who their candidate is. So um, that is considered a strong case against Trump. He could be convicted of federal crimes and, in theory, on his way to prison and still be the nominee of the Republican Party if the polls hold, hold out and he actually wins the nomination. So 
I can't even, I, I struggle to get my brain around that. But that's going to be an interesting thing to watch out for, I think. Uh, you know, thank you so much, Mr. Newman. It has been a pleasure. Uh, and uh, thank you for answering all the questions. I think our listeners uh, gain a lot of information and they have a lot of lot to think about for the upcoming elections uh, in the U.S. Good thank you so much, Shankar. Thank you. Thank you. So, well, Uncle, that was an insightful interview. Right. What do you have to say on that? Well, as you saw, like, it was very interesting. And uh, Rick Newman answered each and every question that we discussed and with a ton of examples and various topics, right, from, you know, the economy and the candidate list for Republican side. <laughs> yes. So it was, it was very nice. And do you think he kind of changed your opinion about something, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, I don't know... Um, you know, in detail about each and every topic as much as he did. So, of course, like, uh, now I'll read more about the things that he said. and Not you know, just you, I think all our listeners yeah, do, yeah. Exactly. So, But that was that was very, very, uh, you know, insightful, as you said. Yeah, so you asked him, like, you know, if there is any suitable candidate from the Republican side, you know, and I think he said that he'll have to scratch his head about right. that, right? <laughs> what do you have to say on well, that? Well, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's still too early. Like, we know that uh, the that President Trump is running, Ron DeSantis is running, Mike Pence is running, uh, but we we, we, do, we still don't know who's going to come out as the nominee from the Republican side. And after that, how will it go with when they lock horns with uh, President Joe Biden? So there's a lot of things that are to be seen. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it's going to be. But an that's the thing one. with inflation too, right? I mean, the public is criticizing Biden, you know, for not able to curb inflation. But again, there's time for that as well, right? Mm -hmm. He might change opinions. Yes, there's. It's, he still has time for right, that. Right. He he still has uh, one and a half year left, and there are certain policies in pipeline which you know might change perspective. You never know. But then, as I always say, it's it's uh, let's wait and watch see what happens and I guess like Rick said that he already lost uh, Trump already lost the last election so mm -hmm. it's not like public opinion hasn't changed right right so that is another point I think we'll just have to wait and see you know how the public reacts and you know what uh, if they weigh policies or if they weigh cultural sentiments or one-liners or one-liners <laughs> like we spoke about right. yeah so yeah I feel it's gonna be an interesting election Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Mubarak. Thank you so much, Ankur. Sure.